Hi, my name is Caroline, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. Good morning. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. After our Christmas Day services, Rob and I headed out with my family to visit some relatives. You know how those trips go. Inevitably, at some point, everyone begins reminiscing and telling stories and generally laughing at each other. Well, one of those stories in my family goes back to when my younger brother and sister were little. You see, I'm nine years older than them, so naturally I did a lot of babysitting. When I was in high school, it was almost every day, or so it felt to me. (laughs) So one time, I was babysitting them, and my little sister called me into the room she was in. She looked at me very seriously, and then she asked, Caroline, how do you know if you're pregnant? I thought, aw, this is so cute. She wants to know if she might have a baby. So I very gently, and probably a little condescendingly, because I am a big sister after all, very gently told her some of the symptoms of pregnancy. Well, you know, your, your stomach starts getting bigger, and you feel a little sick sometimes, and you know, those sorts of things. And at the end, just to reassure her, I added, but don't worry, Joe. You're not pregnant. She said, oh, I wasn't asking for me. I was asking for you. (laughs) Okay, so Joanna's question was funny, but her question, her dilemma, points to a bigger question for all of us. How do we know what we know? Joanna hadn't been taught about the birds and the bees yet, and she hadn't had a lot of experience with pregnant people, so how was she supposed to know whether or not she, or I, might be pregnant? Then again, how did I know? I had no experience with those things either, and I only knew what I had been told about the facts of life. What if I had been told wrong? How would I know the truth? There are different ways people tend to approach this problem of knowing, but there are two basic approaches. You might call them the rationalist and the experientialist. The rationalist wants to know things through reason, through the mind, through hard logic. You see this most clearly in some people's dedicated pursuit of scientific research or the dedicated logic of philosophy or math. It's all through the mind. My sister briefly dated a guy like this once. It drove her crazy because he'd have opinions and she would think, these won't work in reality. Like, gun control doesn't work like that. And for him, he was convinced. It didn't last long. For the average person, though, like you and me, we usually learn these things at some level through, we use some logic, but we learn a lot of this through what other people tell us about scientific research, philosophy, or math. For the scientists, though, this means trusting the scientific experiments and tools that they use and trusting their senses. 
the other stream, the one I call the experientialists, look for truth by turning inward, looking toward personal experiences and connecting with the divine through the spiritual self. Discover or receive truth. For big life questions, this looks like enlightenment or nirvana. For more mundane issues, a lot of times this looks like referencing feelings or experiences to justify things. Have you ever heard someone defend their ideas by saying, in my experience, I have found it to be true that such and such. I have. Now, obviously these are broad generalizations, and the two approaches to the search for truth often are intermingled. Most of us don't use just one or the other. We tend to use both. And we use these approaches, not just for day-to-day -day life issues, how do you know if you're pregnant, but also for the big life questions. Does God exist? What is God like? There's the religious person who believes because it makes sense to me, and the religious person who believes because they find deep meaning in meditation. There's the agnostic, searching for the truth about God with the rational mind. God may or may not exist because science can neither prove nor disprove him. But also the spiritual but not religious person who may not believe in any specific religion, but who believes in the supernatural and the divine because they have felt or experienced something supernatural. All of them know in different ways. All of them look for the truth about God through their reason through their spirit or experience. And all of them should make, our, uh, should make us ask ourselves, how do we know about God? But there's a problem. You see, both of these approaches are deeply problematic because they both have an inherent and critical flaw in that the ways of knowing we just talked about, rational and experiential, are ultimately founded on ourselves. They, are, they set us up as humans to be the arbiters of truth, that it's we who determine which experiences, which ideas, which perceptions indicate the truth. But if we know anything about the human experience, we know that our minds, our perceptions, and even our experience of reality is easily deceived, easily tricked, easily misguided, easily misinformed. It might be because our reason doesn't have all the facts. It might be because something is too complex for us to understand with our limited human minds. It might be because our perception is thrown off by hormone imbalances, disease, or some other problem. It might be for any number of reasons, but the truth is, our human abilities, both to reason and to experience, are deeply incomplete, limited, and prone to making mistakes. If we want to understand the truth, if we want to understand God, we need something to break into our world from outside ourselves. We need something outside ourselves to make him known to us. So how do we know about God? The answer to that question is found in today's Gospel reading. Our Gospel today comes from the very beginning 
of the book of John. And the Gospel of John is different from the other three Gospels. For a moment, I want you all to imagine the four Gospels are beautiful pieces of music. Now, I'm not very musically educated, so if I say something inaccurate, just forgive me and go with it, okay? But let's say, for example, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. Well, they begin by recounting the Nativity, the incarnation, the birth and infancy of Jesus Christ. So as instrumental pieces, they might sound a bit like beautiful lullabies. Mark's gospel begins with a sort of elaborate ceremonial song, if you will. It launches into the ministry of John the Baptist that heralds the coming of Jesus. It's like the trumpets announcing the arrival of the king. John's gospel, however, begins neither with a lullaby nor with the trumpet blast of a herald. It begins rather with a, a soaring, complex, choral anthem. You see, John does not tell us the intimate, personal birth story of Jesus in Bethlehem. Neither does he talk about the ministry of John the Baptist, preparing the way for the Lord. No. Instead, John plunges with us into the depth of the mystery of God, speaking to us about the unity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, about the two natures, divine and human, that are both within the single person of Jesus. It's like jumping into the middle of Handel's Messiah. Where the other three Gospels start with stories, with a build-up to the event of Jesus' life, the Gospel of John starts with a deep, rich, theological reflection on the Trinity. The other three Gospels recount history. John goes straight for the heart of the truth about Jesus. And how does he sum up this incredible introduction to Jesus Christ? He writes, The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. How do we know the truth about God when we can't fully trust either our reason or our spiritual experience? We look to Jesus. Jesus in his incarnation is that outside something that breaks into our reality and tells us the truth. Rather, Jesus is the ultimate reality who breaks into our confusion and reveals the truth to us. Jesus, as the Son of God, fully divine, even as he is fully human, one of the three persons of the divine trinity, Jesus reveals the full truth about God to us. No one has ever seen God the Father, but people have seen Jesus. Jesus has come and has made the Father known to us. There is no greater revelation of God than Jesus. There never could be. Jesus is God himself. He makes the unknowable Father known to the world, known to us. The incarnation, Jesus' birth, was God making himself known to us. God coming to us and showing us the truth about himself, since we are unable to find it ourselves. So what does this mean for us now? 2,000 years later, 
on a day-to-day basis. First, I don't want you to think I'm throwing out reason and experience altogether. No, no. But I am warning against domesticating your faith, trying to make it fit into your logic or your experience, or holding your logic or experience as the standard God must meet. No, what I'm saying is that Jesus is the fullest way to know God, the only way to know God. You know, I once had a professor in college who had a quote up in her office. It said, God is too big to fit into any one religion. We hear this sort of thing all the time. Have you ever heard someone say, well, I believe there are a lot of paths to God? Those sorts of things might sound appealing because of their tolerant, accepting attitude, but they simply aren't true. The fullest revelation of God ever is in the incarnation of Jesus. You can't place anything else on par with him. If you want to know God, you have to turn to Jesus. There is simply no other option. What has been given to us in the apostolic witness of the Gospel of John claims to be the truth, and not just one of many possible truths or opinions, the only truth, the capital T truth, In the words of Leslie Newbigin, Jesus is the rock which must either become the foundation of all knowing and doing, or else the stone on which one stumbles and falls to disaster. If the incarnation is not the foundation of all your knowing and doing, it will be the stone over which you stumble and fall to disaster. But here's the good news. God wants to be known by us not hiding. That's why the Father sent the Son to be born as a human baby. That is so much of what the incarnation is about. God wants us to know him. He wants us to be in relationship with him. What the birth of Christ, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has to communicate to all of us here is this. It is the measure of the commitment of the heart of God to reach you. Here are the lengths to which he would go to call you back to himself. He would send his son, born of a human woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, to bear your sin and obey where you could never hope to obey, and then to die the death you deserve to die, to purchase for you the full forgiveness and reconciliation to God and each other. Truth is not something that we can grasp and control with our experiences or with our rational mind. We cannot grasp and control the truth of the word of God who was and is and is to come. We can only submit to him with renewed devotion and bend our knee to Jesus. He is the divine word and the creative word and the word who brings the light of life. Before you knew him, your life was just a gray shadow. But now that the light of life has dawned, all is bright and clear. Logic and experience can certainly come alongside us and support our journey of faith. But in the end, just at the beginning, knowing God must mean trusting the witness of God's word and the person of Jesus. 
Knowing God requires the leap of faith into the arms outstretched. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.